Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Powers, and I'm excited to introduce today's guest. He is a Marine Corps veteran, he is a speaker a trainer, as well as a personal and business development coach. He owns a very successful window company in Ohio. The company received the Remodeling Magazine's Big 50 Award a few years ago, and he loves personal growth and developing others. It is my pleasure to introduce my friend, Bob Quillen. Hello, Bob. Hello, Kyle. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Doing well. The sun's shining, so my solar panels are absorbing the heat. There you go. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you uh, on the podcast today. Uh, very much like myself, you you really are into developing people and, and leading people. And I just had a short phone call with you the other day, just reaching out to you and to keep in contact. And you just brought up some really good points and some different things that you're doing, you know, inside of your business today and, and for people. And I thought it was something that the uh, listeners of the Legion Leaders podcast would really benefit from. Well, if we could say anything or help anybody, that's what we're all about. Sounds good. So uh, one of the things that you had brought up to me was the whole uh, being a thermometer or a thermostat. Could you maybe explain what that is? Yeah, you know, when I look at management and I look at leaders, I think they're two total different breeds of people, okay? Um, A manager is I I consider a manager or, you know, an average person, I would say, I'm not saying managers are average people. We have to differentiate ourselves. Are we the leader? Are we the visionary? Are we just managing and and crunching numbers and reading temperatures of people? And the analogy that I use is when you walk into a room, a thermometer will read the temperature. You have a thermometer, it tells you what the temperature of the room is. However, a thermostat controls or regulates that temperature. And one of the things that I see going on in the home improvement industry, as well as other industries in my hometown is, unfortunately, I'm seeing a lot of the owners and a lot of the leaders that are just walking into their facilities and they're taking the temperature of their company or their culture. They're reading the temperature that's already there, and then they're basing their decisions on how we're going to go forward based on what that temperature is. And as you know, I have no hair, and if I did, I would pull it out when I see that and hear that, because as an owner, as a leader of an organization, as a personal developer, it's very important that the leadership be more like the thermostat. If we walk into a room or we walk into an office or we walk into our company, Yes, we have to read the temperature, but our job is to regulate the temperature. Our job is to create the temperature that we so desire. And so we can't just read it and base our decisions based on where it is now. If we need to turn up the heat, then we need to turn up the heat. If we need to cool things down because it's too hot, then we need to cool things down. But our job is to regulate that culture and regulate that temperature and control it and not just buy into the status quo of what's already there. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, One of my favorite quotes that kind of goes along with that is, as a leader, we get what we create, 
or we allow. And I think, unfortunately, right now, there's a lot of uh, companies that are, are being reactionary. They're, uh, you know, they weren't planned. They're not calm. They're just kind of going with the status quo and, and uh, not really creating what they want to have for their team. You just said something, and, you know, serving in the Marine Corps, I, I read a lot of military leadership, and I have a lot of mentors that I follow behind and read behind and, and things like that. And you just said something, you know, and I put a list together for our company the other day, Kyle, that says the difference between wartime leaders and peacetime leaders. And a wartime leader, they have the mentality that they can't afford to have a bad week because that equals to casualties. And no, we're not losing life and blood in the home improvement business, but our decisions affect so many people. Our decisions have such a ripple effect throughout our organization, whether it's whether people get unemployed, whether they're taking pay cuts, whether they don't feel safe. We're, we live in a glass-mirrored house, and we have to understand that a bad week and a bad decision can create casualties. Where a peacetime leader, they don't think of that. They're, they're just good when the when times are going good, you know, and a wartime leader, you know, versus a peacetime leader, a wartime leader is emotionally tough. And you just said the key word, Kyle, emotionally tough means that we're calm. We can't let our organization see us fret, fear, or become negative. They have to realize that we're the pillar of strength. You know, a wartime leader creates a communication circle. We have our inner circle and we communicate. We make a conscious effort to communicate daily with our three or four key people in our inner circle. And I'm seeing this, you know, too many times, peacetime leaders, they live in an ivory tower. Wartime leaders, they're down in the trenches. They're not saying, go do this. They're saying, follow me. And I think this is so important on how our organizations and our customers and just everyone within our sphere of influence and touch see us because people will feel people will feel your fear or they will feel your confidence. And if you're the leader of the organization and you're buying into the media and you're sharing that ne negative suck fest, as I call it, and, and you're just protruding negativity and fear and scared. What about this? Well, they said this and just finding everything, the doomsday guy, I call it, you know, we call them negative Nellies. Your organization is going to catch on to that. And they're going to say, well, my Lord, if the owner's fearful, if the owner's shook up about this, if the owner's unsure of what to do, well, how should I feel? And I've always said as a leader, your organization only duplicates about 50% of what you do right but 200% of what you do wrong. And so if you project that wrong image, that wrong emotion, they're going to run with it 200 times worse than what you ever wanted to begin with. And I, and I think the same is true when your staff is conversing with the consumer also. The same thing is true that when you put across that, that negative emotion, if your you know, salesperson or your marketer uh, you know, is displaying that negativity and those negative emotions, even if they try to put on that, that face, so to say, to the consumer, they, it's like the consumers can feel that. They, they know that, you know, so when you're, when you're out there maybe canvassing for the day and, and you're, you're coming to the end of the day and you don't have anything and you're getting really, you know, anxious to try to get one, I mean, I, I can tell the people at the doors feel that. They, they, they almost want to back away from you because it's like, wow, why is he like this, you know? So it's, you know. 
a lot of the calls I've been having is it's what's true for your employees is a lot of times true for your customers also. Absolutely. And the number one, you know, fight that I think we're in right now, Kyle, as Americans is the battle of the mind. You know, we controlling the mindset, controlling the temperature that we want is a full time, 24 hour a day process. Yeah, John Maxwell talks about uh, in the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, the law of the big mo, right? Momentum. Yep. And I think it's our job as, as leaders to, to create that momentum. And for those listeners that may be not uh, familiar with that book, highly recommend that uh, you read that book or listen to it in audiobook. But uh, the law of the big mo you know, states that positive momentum uh, in the right direction can make everyone be better. And that book's primarily about leadership, so it can help a leader be better if an organization has a lot of momentum. But if that momentum stops, it also amplifies the negative parts of that leader and of that team. And so to try to keep that momentum going forward, you know, there's a lot of different things out there that, you know, try to keep people active and doing, you know, positive things right now still you know, people sitting at home, you know, getting out of their routine and, and sitting around and just, you know, being drowned out by the news uh, and that negative stuff, that, that's that attitude they're going to have. Their momentum is going to stop. But the people that are still reading books, listening to things, getting out there, getting it done. I know uh, you like to run. I like to run. It's still doing those positive things and, and not letting the negative stuff influence us, I think, is what helps create that positive momentum for our teams. Absolutely. There's a saying that we're either ripening or rotting, and it's our choice. And so we have to continually be striving to move forward and better ourselves and, and, and you know, not let the, uh, what do they say, Kyle, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Right. And so we can't let that mindset idle, and, you know, and just let the media feed us. And, and you had sent me, uh, you know, some updates on, on how your business is doing, and your business as a whole seems to be doing pretty well. Uh, yeah, um, we're very blessed. We're very thankful, um, very humble. Um, you know, our last two, three weeks have been very consistent. I mean, are we having the banner marches that we usually had? No, you know, because our average march is, you know, 600, because we had a lot of home shows. But, you know, just over 50% of our company was driven from shows and events, and that was taken away for, the, you know, all of March and all of April pretty much. <coughs> we don't know what the future holds. <clears throat> But when you take a big, you know, scud missile like that, as I call it, then you have to learn how to adapt. And so what we did is we already had an ambassador program set up and, you know, we don't have a canvas team, but I have a one man ambassador canvas team, I call him. And we visit all of our installs and, you know, there's a total different program for that. We can talk about it at a different time. But so I had a full-time ambassador out there, but I also had three full-time show and event workers that were now unemployed because there's no show and events. And so, they, you know, we put them in a classroom. We taught them for over five work days, the ambassador program, the new pitch, the rebuttals, the how to act and things like that, what to dress like, what we're looking for. And we started training those people. And the ambassador program itself, the last two weeks, Kyle has produced $115,000 in sales in one week and $108,000 in sales a second week. We've had demo rates at 74 and 75%. Our close rate last week was at 54%. And, you know, we just had to do what we what we talk about at these seminars. You got to have a plan. You got to do the work. You got to check it. You got to adjust the plan sometimes. And so, 
no shows doesn't mean stop. It just means you have to back up, regroup, and hit it from a different angle. Yeah, adapt and change. And, and first of all, to even be able to do that, having the systems and processes in place with your programs before you know yep. fire happens, so to say, uh, to be able to adapt and change quickly, uh, but just to do, do something. Uh, I can remember uh, when I started the last company I was at, Tunderland, uh, you know, the owner, Brian, really wanted to encourage me to, to try things outside the box, to try new things. And he says, you know what? Some of the things you're going to do aren't going to work, and that's okay. But I bet you we're going to find a lot of things that do work. And Correct. so talking to a lot of companies these last couple of weeks, uh, you know, there's companies that are that are backpedaling, that are just figuring out how can we maybe rebuild and revamp when it's good to go? There's companies that are just totally adapting and it's almost like nothing's changed except maybe how they're doing business. Um, and then there's companies that are completely shut down. Unfortunately, there are some states that uh, they're not allowed to do business. Uh, but right. in the states there are, you know, adapt, change, try something. If That's anything, it. maybe you learn. You know, I know you're a big reader. I'm a big reader. Uh, probably a lot of people listening to this podcast because they're interested in growth and opportunities are big readers. And one of the first books that I read over, I don't know, 25, 28 years ago was, you know, and this is a book that's been around forever. It's called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And one of the things that really popped out in my mind from reading this book over 20 some years ago with the way that the world is operating right now is to quote Napoleon Hill in the Think and Grow Rich book, he has a paragraph in there that says, with every seed of adversity comes with it a seed of equal or greater benefit. But the, the problem, Kyle, is that sounds good. That's like, yeah, that's true. We, we, we got to focus on the right things. But I think as Americans, what we need to do is we got to find that seed. See, we get what we focus on. We either focus on the adversity or we focus on an opportunity. So I think we have to find the seed. We have to plant the seed. We have to water the seed. We have to nourish the seed. And then we can harvest it. But if we stay focused on that and realize with every adverse situation comes with it an opportunity for an equal or greater benefit, we're going to get what we focus on. And so I think a lot of good things can come out of a crisis like this. It forces you to man up. It forces you to think outside the box. It for forces us to do what you just said, try new things. Yeah, get out of your uh, comfort zone, right? I, you know, the other great quote is that I really like is everything you want lies right outside your comfort zone. Absolutely. Um, and, and bringing up the whole, you know, reading and everything, uh, another little quote that gets me by is that, you know, education will make you a living, but self-education will make you a fortune. You know, right. Brian Tracy says that if you just read one hour a day about something in your industry over the course of five years, you will become the expert yep. in that industry. And so really, if it's to be, it's up to us, right? That's it. We have to cultivate that growth culture. We have to cultivate that growth opportunity. Our, our company, our staff, our peers, our customers, our industry peers, they have to realize that we are built on a solid foundation. We're not built on a bed of sand. We're following the laws of God. We're following the laws of men. 
you know, and that's one thing that we're bringing to our customers and our employees. When this whole shakedown happened and the governor makes his announcements, everyone has fear because that's what the media wants. It strickens us with fear and everybody gets about half the story. So, you know, one of the things to, to exude confidence into our employees and our team members is the first thing I did when that governor's order come down is I jumped online and I read it myself. And then I called my attorney and I asked him to read it. And then I called my accountant and asked them to read it. And then I called my manufacturer and said, what are you doing? How are you reacting? Why did people say, why did you call a manufacturer? Well, because with our manufacturer, which is Great Lakes Windows, Kyle, which was owned by Applied Gem and now owned by another building brands company or some sort, there's a good chance that when you own several, several window manufacturing companies, you probably got some pretty good legal departments and you probably got some pretty good HR people. So why should I spend all my time trying to decode what the state governor's order said when I can just fall upon the shoulders of the giants of these companies that have highly educated, highly paid people to do that for you already. And you're bringing and within, up, and you're bringing up a great point there about reaching out to people that, that as a leader, it's not always us that needs to have the answer. We just have to no. be resourceful and figure out how to get the answer. That's it. So, you know, we got the order uh, at a Sunday at two o'clock when the, the announcement was dropped on us like a bomb and a lot of people didn't know what to do. And yeah, my phones were ringing and at three o'clock people wanted answers. And I said, Hey, I just heard it when you heard it, you know, give me a couple hours. Let me research this. And by seven o'clock that night, I had my answers by seven o'clock the next morning. I had a total staff meeting from my installers to my measurement, every single person in my company, I had an all hands meeting and I said, this is what we're doing. This is what the order says. This is the, and, and I made copies. Each one of my employees, each one of my installers, everybody carries around a laminated copy of the director's stay at home order and less engaged in an essential work or acti activity. We carry around a laminated copy of page four of 12 pages that shows where we're an essential infrastructure and how the wording is actually classifying us as an essential operating business. So each employee has a copy of that. Um, each employee follow the laws that the governor set in mind. You know, he said, check your employees. And so every morning they report to work. We do a little quick check. We take the little temperature gun, check their temperature. And if they pass, they get a laminated card that says no cough, no fever, no temperature, no worries. <laughs> That's I have awesome. been approved. I've been approved to work by the owner and management of Quillen brothers windows. So we call it, they get their go to work chit. And they carry that with them. So we've never had anybody questioned. But if they are questioned because they have these things in their possession, able to show somebody if they're ever questioned, that gives them the confidence that we're doing the things that we're supposed to do. But more importantly, when a customer sees that you're prepared and you know what the law says and you know what the governor's order says and you have the documentation to back it up and you have your I'm a well, I'm. I'm a physically fit person today, Chit, and I'm wearing booties and I'm wearing gloves and I have a hand sanitizer with me and we have disinfectant wipes. When they see that you're professionally and you're treating this thing seriously, they're respecting you. But if you don't do that, if you're out here just trying to wing it and stay under the radar and have this mentality, well, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is permission, then you're probably going to get yourself in trouble eventually so just attack it from the root level become informed 
get the answers from the people that are a lot more intelligent than us, that have more resources than we do, play by the rules. But here's the deal. Play better than anyone else. Play by the rules well. Play to win. And not only that, but when your customers are feeling good about the steps that you're taking, you know, your employees certainly feel that they're able to do what you're asking too because you're following the guidelines that are set forth. Uh, that's the hard part with that. You know, just go out and uh, it's easier to beg for forgiveness, right? Is that uh, it doesn't always make your employees, you know, feel good and excited to go out and get the job done. Correct. We all have to go home and look ourselves in the mirror at the end of the day. And we all have to gauge our actions by our internal belief system. And if you don't believe, it's going to show eventually. Right on. Well, Bob, I appreciate your time for today. This brings me to kind of the last section of the episode, which is uh, one tip, one point that you'd like to give to the listeners, whether it's something we've already talked about or, or something extra. What do you have for us today? I'm going to go back to my Napoleon Hill. With every seed of adversity comes with it a seed of equal or greater benefit. Take most of your time trying to find the seed. And once you find the seed, remember, it takes work and effort to develop it. Plant the seed, water the seed, nourish the seed, harvest the seed. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. And that's such an awesome passage in that book. I, again, really appreciate your time for today and look forward to having you on another episode. Absolutely, Kyle. Thanks so much, Bob. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. For a free consultation on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T-O-N-Y-H-O-T-Y.com. Thank you for listening.